when you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, David. listening to just pod baby a las vegas raiders podcast brought to you by silverandblacktoday.com and now your host evan Grote. and let's go raider nation and welcome to a victory monday edition of just pod baby i am your host evan Grote. this episode is brought to you by silverback today las vegas's very first independent raiders news source so much to get into tonight. The Raiders stunned the NFL world on Sunday with a huge upset of the defending Super Bowl champs. Derek Carr finally got off the schneid and arrowhead. We'll be breaking it all down for you tonight. Later on the show, we'll be joined by Anthony Galavis, who covers the Raiders for the Fresno Bee. Anthony is a very good friend of the show. I've had him on once before, and we're going to get into some of his thoughts on the win and where the Raiders stand going into the bye week. But now it's time to bring in the star of the show. You can find him all over the place. Bleacher Report, Silver and Black Today, Just Blog Baby. His work ethic is like none other. I just hope you found time to take a quick nap today. Let's welcome in our co-host, Mo Moten. As Bill Belichick would say, no days off. There are no times for for Nats right now, especially after the Raiders' biggest win. I feel it's the Raiders' biggest win since Gruden has come aboard. I think it's got Derek Carr's biggest win. Of course, we'll get into that. But it's a lot to talk about. I'm just excited to be here with you. Yeah, absolutely, Mo. It is it, it, it is what I was calling a signature win uh, for the Raiders, especially for Gruden. You know, in his second stint uh, with the team. We're going to get into all of it, of course, real quick though. Before we get into the recap, I think what you saw from this team uh, yesterday is is what they're capable of doing when they're healthy. I think that's the big takeaway for the from the game for me. And I know they're still missing some key pieces like Edwards and Incognito on offense, and then Arnett, Hurst, and Collins on defense, but. There's still so much to be excited about after that win, and hopefully, you know, they can continue to get uh, some more guys back healthy after the bye week. But all right, let's let's get into it, Mo. Let's do it. This recap time. Here is your Week Five Raiders Chiefs recap on Just Pod Baby. It was a classic shootout in the wild, wild AFC West division. Derek Carr and Paul Gunther were the big stories going into the game. Could Carr exercise the demons at Arrowhead? And could Paul Gunther get this defense to put forth a full four-quarter effort? The Chiefs took the field to start the game and just three plays in, Patrick Mahomes connected with speedster Tyreek Hill on a 63-yard touchdown pass. But the play would be nullified by a holding penalty on former Raider Kelechi Osamele. The penalty was a drive killer for the Chiefs. They would end up punting it away just a few plays later. The offense for the Raiders got a big boost when Trent Brown and Henry Ruggs took the field to start the game. Henry Ruggs wasted little time making his impact felt after missing the previous two games with a hamstring injury on third and 10 from their own 30-yard line. Derek Carr put one up for grabs to Ruggs and he went up and got it for his quarterback. It was a big gain of 46 yards. Mo is Ruggs' first catch back off the injury. Talk about the throw and the catch from Carr to Ruggs. Yeah, this reminded me of the first game uh, at Carolina where Ruggs had that big, I believe, 45-yard catch to open the open the drive. He had a 46-yard on this one, but a lot of people they were mixed reactions to this to this pass. I will say, Carr steps up into a clean into the clean pocket, takes a shot downfield. Ruggs beats two defenders. He has to slow down for the catch, which a lot of people were in my Twitter mentions about saying, "Oh, it wasn't a perfect throw. Uh, didn't have to be a perfect throw on that one." Ruggs was able to climb up and get that catch. So I emphasize it was a great catch. I didn't say anything about the throw, but it was a great catch. And it's great to see 5'11 Henry Ruggs is able to go up and get the ball at the big guy. 
Absolutely, it was a great catch. Three plays later, the Raiders would be flagged two consecutive times on third down, really ending a, a great opportunity to get six on the board. Daniel Carlson would come on for a 38-yard field goal to give the Raiders an early 3-0 lead. On their second drive of the game, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs once again took the field starting on their own 12-yard line and would take it 88 yards and nine plays with a mix of pass and run. Big plays on the drive were a 26-yard gain to Tyree Kill. And with a chance to get off the field on third and seven, Mahomes found his security blanket, Travis Kelsey, for a 33-yard pass play all the way down to the Raiders' three-yard line. Mo, Corey Littleton, again, he struggled in coverage, uh, and it was it, it continued on this play. Yeah, that time he lost his footing. Kelsey starts inside with his route and then cuts back outside, breaks out through the separation. And Littleton basically stumbles behind him, and then Kelsey's off to the races, so he's wide open for the 33-yard gain. I wouldn't blame that on Littleton's poor coverage, more that he just lost his footing and, again, lost track of Kelsey downfield. On the next play, Mahomes would take it in himself around the left side, and the Chiefs took a early 7-3 lead. Derek Carr threw his first interception of the season on the fouling possession for the Raiders. We were starting to think that Derek Carr struggles at Arrowhead were going to continue after the play. Mo, what did you see on the interception? Yeah, definitely. Carr just basically sailed the pass over Waller's head. Maybe it came off of his hand funny. Maybe he just put too much on it. But he gift-wrapped it under Bashar Breeland, who made his first game back from suspension, a four-game suspension. And anti-car folks were in my mentions at this point saying, see, this is what you get with Derek Carr and Arrowhead. I even tweeted out oh, Derek Carr and Arrowhead, but as we'll talk about, he, he he corrected his mistakes down the line. The Chiefs would take full advantage of the turnover, adding another touchdown on a 10-play, or excuse me, a 10-yard run by Tyreek Hill. It was a end-around, a little misdirection. The Chiefs attacked the perimeter of the Raiders' defense often in the first half and with much success. The Chiefs now led 14-3. Now, I thought the next drive for the Raiders was a, a really big point in the game. Coming off the interception, Carr showed some real guts, quickly answering back with a five-play, 75-yard scoring drive capped off by a huge play, 59 yards, touchdown pass to Nelson Aguilar. They desperately needed to stop the bleeding after getting behind 14-3, and they did that, Mo. Carr and Gruden have been criticized for not pushing the ball downfield, but not on this play. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Carr goes, again, steps up into another clean pocket. Ruggs goes motion to the left. Ruggs, uh, Ruggs gets that first down. Ruggs was at the first down. Actually, Carr could have checked it down to him, but he decides to go to Nelson Aguilar downfield. He fits it into a window between Tyron Matthew and Charvarius Ward on second and six. And again, uh, Aguilar, Aguilar is probably the, arguably the best free, free agent acquisition the Raiders have had. He has 10 catches for 185 yards, three touchdowns, which leads the team in scores with a 90.9% catch rate. So no wonder why Carr can trust Ruggs. Oh, I should say Aguilar downfield for a big play, 59 yards on that one. Car throwing from a, a clean pocket was a theme of the day. Uh, with the score now 14-10, to 10, the Chiefs took over with 11:48 to play in the second quarter. On second and five, Mahomes found his guy Tyreek Hill on a big gain of 37 yards, moving the ball to the Las Vegas nine-yard line. That was Trayvon Mullen who was in coverage. Three plays later, Mahomes had his first TD pass of the game. Mahomes had to evade some pressure on the play by Max Crosby. Uh, and he would find Sammy Watkins for a, an eight-yard touchdown. Now trailing 21-10, again, the Raiders' offense would need to respond, and they would do just that. Devonta Booker took the first play of the drive, 43 yards to the KC, 32-yard line, followed by a 23-yard uh, gain on a pass to fullback Alec Ingold, all setting up Derek Carr's second touchdown pass of the game to tight end Darren Waller. Mo, after the interception early in the game, Carr really settled in and kept the team in the game. Definitely, and I like what Gruden did on this play on the touchdown play to Darren Waller, which you'll see is Ruggs motions left, 
gets the Chiefs to motion with him, and then he fakes the handoff of play action to Josh Jacobs. And then those linebackers in the middle of the field, they step into the box thinking Jacobs is going to get the ball. And then Waller has an in route where he's open in the middle of the field to catch that touchdown. Carr puts it high where only his receiver can grab it, and it's an easy touchdown. Yeah, it was great ball placement by Carr to throw it up high to his 6'6 tight end. Uh, A shootout was underway at 21-17 with 6'24 left to play in the half. But things would start to take a turn here for the Raiders when the defense would force a punt after allowing three consecutive scores. Mike Reimers was called for a holding penalty that really helped the Raiders out on the drive. Three consecutive incomplete passes by Mahomes, including a big-time PBU by Jonathan Abram on a deep ball to Tyreek Hill. He might have gotten away with a pass interference call on the play. I think it was a good no-call by the refs personally. After a Chiefs punt, the Raiders took over on their own 20-yard line. And on third and two, Carr found Henry Ruggs deep down the middle for a 72-yard touchdown. Mo, it was Ruggs' first touchdown as a Raider. And this is exactly what you're bringing in a guy like Henry Ruggs for with his speed uh, and his ability to separate. It was all on display here on this play. Yeah, absolutely. I know fans are calling this rug burn when Ruggs goes deep and burns the defender downfield. This time he outruns Travaris Ward on the outside. Carr hits him in stride this time with an easy walk-in TD. This time Carr puts the ball right to him in stride. It, there's, this, this is not a bad throw. Ruggs didn't have to slow down to, to catch the ball. He catches it in stride again and walks in for a touchdown. So congratulations to Henry Ruggs getting his first TD on a big play. Rugburn, I like that. I hadn't heard that, but I do like it. Now, just before the half, the Chiefs would add a field goal after driving down to the Raiders' four-yard line. Travis Kelsey would be called for an offensive P.I. on a play that resulted in a touchdown for the Chiefs. The Chiefs did have two scores taken off the board uh, due to penalties during the game. Certainly helped out the Raiders. So with the score tied 24-24 all at halftime, the Raiders would receive the ball to start the second half. Both teams would trade multiple punts to start the second half. But midway through the third quarter with 7-14 on the clock, the offense would break through on their third drive uh, of the half on a 7-yard touchdown run by Josh Jacobs. It was a long 13-play, 8-minute drive that was highlighted by a gain of 23 yards of Darren Waller on a 3rd and 4. And then on a crucial 4th and 1 from the KC-16, Coach Gruden showed some aggressiveness by going for it. Derek Carr took a quarterback sneak up the middle for the first down. The Raiders took the lead again, 30-24. to Daniel Carlson, though, would miss the extra point opportunity to keep it at a 6-point game. Mo, talk to us about the importance of getting a score on that drive. Yeah, they had to basically answer. Both both offenses kind of stalled after an explosive first half, so the defense just kind of settled in, and it got back to uh, possession football where field field position matters. But it was still good to see Gruden went for it on fourth and one, didn't get too conservative in the second half. Some fans fear he usually does. But really quick on that Jacobs touchdown run, Chris Jones whiff on that tackle. You don't see that very often, and then Jacobs just bulldozes Juan Thornhill for the TD. But again, just believing in that offense and, and believing that offense, moving the ball down the field and getting the touchdown, you got to beat the Chiefs with six points, extra point if Aaron Carlson hits the extra point at seven, but six instead of three always on your drives. And it's good to see Green go for it, go for the jugular on that drive. Now, after the go-ahead score for the Raiders, the defense put forth what I thought was one of their finer moments of the game. They would force a three and out following a Jonathan Hankins 15-yard face max penalty. Lee Farrell stuffed Clyde Edwards-Alaire on first down. Patrick Mahomes tried to scramble on second down, and Farrell again stopped him for a gain of one yard. And on third down, it was his sidekick this time, Mad Max Crosby, who sacked Mahomes for a seven-yard loss. Mo, the pass rush may not have gotten home a ton, but they did just enough by getting pressure on Mahomes, especially late in the game. 
Yeah, definitely. A lot of people look at sacks as the end-all, be-all, but sometimes you just got to get a quarterback to move out of this spot. I know Mahomes likes to run to the right, and he has some success doing that, but the Raiders are able to rally him a little bit, make him move in the pocket, kind of make him uh, throw, throw, throw balls before he wanted to. And Gruden also shouted out Dayton Jones, Chris Smith, and Kendall Vickers, who under unheralded players on that defensive line, but had a, had a key, had a part in moving Mahomes and stopping the run. So kudos to them and kudos to the Raiders' defense. Definitely, those three were a big part of the success yesterday on defense. The Raiders took over with 11.50 to play in the fourth quarter, looking to add to their lead. An offensive holding penalty call on Denzel Good put them behind the sticks early in the drive, and on third and 18, it was a 42-yard hookup with guess who? Hunter Renfro, the chunk play moved the Las Vegas Raiders into KC territory. Things would stall out a few plays later, and Daniel Carlson would come on to attempt and make a 43-yard field goal. Now with their lead extended to nine points, things were looking very, very good for the Raiders. Things would get even better when Jeff Heath picked off Patrick Mahomes on fourth and seven. Heath would return it all the way down to the KC two-yard line. Mo, the defense was excellent in the second half. It was the first interception thrown by Mahomes all season. Talk us through the play. Yeah, definitely. Farrell pushes Eric Fisher back into Mahomes. Doesn't push him into his lap where it forces a, a sack or anything. But what it does is forces Mahomes to throw the ball without stepping into the throw. So it sailed a little bit, which allowed Jeff Heath to pick it off, swoop it in for an interception. Almost had a pick six, but he gets it down deep into Kansas City Chiefs territory where the Rays can close it out. Absolutely. You talked about Cleveland Farrell. He had nine pressures in the game, and I thought it was one of his best overall games as a Raider. Josh Jacobs would take the handoff from Derek Carr and go up and over the pile for his second touchdown of the game, and the party was on in, Ra- uh, in Raider Nation with the score 40-24. to The Chiefs would add a late score to get within eight points. The Raiders went, on to, uh, went into four-minute mode, needing to kill the final three minutes and 57 seconds, and with a healthy dose of Josh Jacobs, they were able to do just that. Gruden did opt to go for it again on 4th and 1 from the KC45 to ice it. I was happy to see the call. I was, I was hoping he would do that, and it was victory formation from there. It was a huge 40-32 to 32 division win. I talked about it at the beginning of the show, a signature win for Gruden. The monkey is off the back for Derek Carr, who was wonderful in the game, completing 22 of 31 passes for 347 yards, three touchdowns. He did have that early INT, but he didn't allow that to shake his confidence. Just really can't say enough about the effort by Derek Carr on Sunday. Yeah, I definitely think this is his best performance, and a lot of people have their opinions on that. But considering his track record going into Arrowhead, and I tweeted about it going into the week, four touchdowns and seven picks in six games in that building at that stadium and to come in throw a pick early and not to fold not to get shell-shocked and to keep pushing the ball downfield shows that he's he's not thinking about the whispers about uh his poor performances in that stadium and he just kept pushing and you'd like to see that you'd like to see the resiliency we, all, we often talked about the team having some resiliency and sometimes people say once car once it goes downhill for him he kind of folds up and he gets conservative. He throws these short dink and dunk passes to Jason Witten and, and Jalen Richard, and he doesn't take as many shots. We didn't see that this time. He continued to take shots, and it worked out for him, and Gruden trusted him, which we will talk about in a minute, and it opened up the offense, and it had its effect on the Chiefs' defense. 
Yeah, 100%. And you talked about the resiliency. That was great to see because, again, we have seen time and time again that sometimes these mistakes kind of will multiply on car. But, uh, you know, this is the car that we have been waiting to see. You talk about the people who are critical of car, like myself at times. This is the car that I have been waiting to see. We saw a little bit more of the gunslinger that we saw uh, a few years ago, taking more chances downfield. I saw that he did attempt uh, six passes of 20-plus yards, completed four of those passes. The fan base has been begging Gruden to stop playing so conservative conservative, and, and allow this offense to be more aggressive. Now, I'm sure you saw it, the clip that was making its way around social media. After that long, I believe it was after the 72-yard touchdown pass to Henry Ruggs, Carr came to the sideline and the, the CBS TV crew picked it up. Um, he, he asked Gruden, you could read his lips. Do you trust me? You know, he asked him twice, do you trust me? Uh, we don't really know, you know, the extent of the conversation, but, uh, something tells me Carr was lobbying to his head coach to, to you know, let it loose a little bit more with his play calling. Yeah. And that was on Radio Nation radio with Pritch and Clay, Clay Baker, uh, Mike Pritchard and Clay Baker. And we were talking about whose offense is it? Is it Gruden's offense or is it Carr offense, Carr's offense in the sense that Gruden calls the play and Carr just does whatever Gruden says? Or does how much free reign does Carr have at the line of scrimmage to change plays and make his own decisions? And I think, again, we don't know the nature of the conversation, but I think that may have been part of it. And I think Gruden calls plays and he probably says, hey, you can see something at the line of scrimmage. If you see a coverage that you can make a play downfield, you can do it. And I think that's part of, do you trust me? Once you put in the play call, do you trust me to put this offense into my own hands and take a shot if I see fit? And I think you're seeing that. And hopefully that is part of the conversation because if it is, you're going to see more deep shots to Henry Ruggs really quick after the game. Gruden says, we didn't bring in Henry Ruggs to run hitch routes. And basically that's saying we didn't bring we didn't bring him in to run little short eight, nine yard uh, plays completions for first downs. We're going to take shots. If, if that's what it's saying to me, that's what his uh, quote is saying to me. And and I think that, again, with the do you trust me conversation on the sideline, I think you're going to see more big explosive plays in the Raiders offense. At least we would hope, because as we can see, if they do that, they can compete with teams like the Chiefs. Yeah, and I, and I think obviously uh, a big part of that is having rugs back. Although I do think Aguilar has enough speed to get behind mm-hmm. defenses, but obviously uh, rugs brings a whole new dimension. He he draws a lot more attention uh, than a guy like Nelson Aguilar. And I think the other part of what we saw yesterday was having a healthy Trent Brown and, and the offensive line playing really well in front of Derek Carr. He, We talked about the clean pocket being a, a major theme in the game. Uh, this is what this offense is capable of when he when Carr has time to throw and, and when his guys are healthy. Yeah, absolutely. And there's one other note I want to I want to talk about. Last week, we talked about Carr's fumbles. I believe he has the most fumbles since he's come into the league in 2014. He had two QB sneaks, and Gruden made a mention that Carr is not used to running QB sneaks, and we saw it twice, uh, once on a crucial fourth down, once to seal the game. And I think that's also part of the do you trust me conversation. Do you trust me not to to protect the football in those type of situations to seal the game instead of you know, leaning on your defense to kind of seal it? Can you leave your offense on the field with me to win this game? And I think the answer is yes right now. Yeah. Now, Mo, just before we got uh, got on the air here and recorded, you and I were talking about uh, a discussion you had started uh, on Twitter, uh, kind of, you know, ranking where you thought Derek Carr, where this game may rank in Derek Carr's uh, best game, you know, as a pro. So why don't you go ahead and, and talk to us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, definitely. I, I automatically I thought about it. So, you know, sometimes after games, people are emotional and like, oh, this is the best win ever. This is the best game ever. And sometimes I like to just take an hour or two to just kind of decompress and think about it, digest what happened, you know, kind of look over the film a little bit, kind of see the, the key plays. And I think this was Carr's best game as a Raider, not statistically, of course, because he's had games where he's thrown for over 500 yards, I believe, against the Tampa Buccaneers. But as far as the circumstances, you go into the champion's backyard and you throw the ball around the field and you outduel Patrick Mahomes, you know, who's just coming off of a Super Bowl MVP and everything, and everyone's praising him as the best quarterback in the game, and you outduel him and you will your team to victory. I believe this is his best performance without a doubt. Now, if you want to have some honorable mentions, the 31 30 victory in 2017 at home. The car through to uh, Michael Crabtree with no time left. That's probably number two for me. Number three, it's probably close between the pinky game where he dislocated his pinky, comes back against the Panthers in 2016, and an honorable mention week one on the road against the Saints in 2016. That game's important because I feel like it set the tone for the season when the Raiders went 12-4. and Carr had a big part in that. Of course, he had the touchdown pass, I believe, late in the game, and then the two-point conversion to Michael Crabtree. But those four games stick out to me. But by far, I think Sunday was his best performance as a Raider. Yeah, I think I think he got the list correct, and I, I'd find it uh, hard for anyone to to argue against this Chiefs game being you know the top game in his career when you think about all the factors involved, like you mentioned, especially um, also the fact that he's never won a game here. I'm not sure if uh, right. you know that, that this the, the monkey being on his back. Not only are they the defending Super Bowl champs, but he's never won a game here, and his numbers are significantly uh, worse when he's playing in Arrowhead. So definitely, I think that one. Uh, ranks at the top. Uh, now, moving on to our next topic, I want to get to the defense. Just a week ago, you and I were, were chatting with Vic Tafer, and I was asking him whether he thought the seat was getting warm for Paul Gunther. It didn't look good early in the first half, but I've got to tell you, I thought Gunther, I, I think Gunther deserves a ton of credit for the adjustments that were made in the second half, holding the Chiefs to just seven, uh, seven second half points. Yeah, definitely. People didn't want to give Gunther credit after the game. And I had to kind of get on people on Twitter about this because they were saying, yeah, it was all the defensive line with uh, rushing three or four and dropping the rest in the coverage or using Arden Key as a spy. It wasn't all the defensive line. If you remember late in that second half, there are times where Patrick Mahomes is scrambling around trying to find open men. He can't find one because the the coverage is tight on the back end. So you also have to give credit to that secondary. Trayvon Mullen also had a great game. You know, uh, certain guys were able to, I don't want to say shut down, but limit their wide receivers and and tight end Travis Kelsey. And, of course, we talked about Jeff Heath coming up with that interception. So you also have to give credit to that secondary as well. So it wasn't just a defensive line. So you have to give Paul Gunther credit. A lot of people wanted to give all the credit to Rob Marinelli and that defensive line. But I think that entire defense played well. And Gunther puts the fire extinguisher to that hot seat that he supposedly had coming into the game. Yeah, absolutely. It was a it was a group effort, and it what it was. It was the secondary and the and the defensive line working well together. They the 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 secondary was was sticky in coverage, and and Gruden talked about it today in his press conference. They had to cover for nine, ten, eleven seconds on some plays when Mahomes is back there scrambling around. But also at the same time, the the the, the pass rush was was getting pressure on him, forcing him to move around. So it was they were working hand in hand, and I thought that was really a, a big part of the game. And you know, you talked about um, 
rushing three guys. I think what you saw was Gunther taking a page out of Bill Belichick's playbook from a week ago. That was something that Belichick was doing. Uh, that seems to be maybe the blueprint to slow down the Chiefs. Of course, the players have to execute that game plan, uh, and that's what the Raiders were able to do in the second half of that game. And one of the stats that I always like to look at after a game is, is how the the teams did in third down efficiency, both on offense and defense, but the defense held the Chiefs to, to 6 of uh, 14 on third down, including 0 of 5. They were 0 for 5 in the second half on third down. So I think that was a very telling about the success of the Raiders' defense in that second half. Um, and I've got just one more topic that I want to ask you about before we get to our first break and then bringing in our guests, uh, and that's the performance by Cleland Farrell. Like Gunther and the rest of the defense, he's taken his lumps lately. Uh, he has not you know, gotten off to a great start. I think people, you know, don't see the sack numbers and they assume that he's not playing well. I thought Farrell really impacted the game, both in the in the run game at times and also with his pressure on Mahomes. He had a hand in the face. He talked about it on the interception. He had a, a hand in the face of Mahomes. Teams are continuing to, to attack that perimeter. I, I mentioned that as well. No doubt he's got to get better there against the run, but I think this was one of his better games as a Raider. Yeah, Gruden said that it was his best game as a Raider during today's short press conference. He said he had 13 or 14 factor plays. According to PFF, he had nine pressures. So by 13 or 14 factor plays, Gruden probably means that he affected Mahomes in a way where he forced Mahomes to move out of the pocket or forced him to throw early. We talked about that play where Mahomes throws the pick. That's Farrell pushing Eric Fisher back into him and not allowing him to step up into the pocket. Now, really quick, before the game, a lot of people were thinking blitz, blitz, blitz. And you talked about the Raiders taking the page maybe out of the Patriots handbook and just rushing three or four and dropping the rest. And I think it worked because when you saw the Ravens blitz, Mahomes diced them up. And again, with, with Farrell on the outside, if you don't believe us that Farrell didn't have a good game, if you don't believe John Gruden, watch the Baldy breakdown. Brian Baldinger of NFL Network, he shows a play where the Chiefs are actually double-teaming Cleveland Farrell. That's how much damage he was doing on the outside, that they felt the need to double-team him. When is the last time you saw Cleveland Farrell on a double-team with a team uh, worrying about him wrecking the pocket? So that tells you enough that he made enough impact to affect the game and affect Mahomes in the pocket. Yeah, and, and Mahomes, he, he's got to be one of the most difficult guys to bring down because he is so elusive in the pocket. But I thought, again, I thought overall the, the pass rush was improved. Let's hope, it's, let's hope it continues to get better and better, and maybe when they get uh, Malik Collins back and Mo Hurst back, you know, things will just continue to progress. It's definitely something to build on uh, as the Raiders head into their bye week, hopefully get a couple of those defensive linemen uh, back healthy, but... Uh, Mo, let, let's get to our first break. Great job there with the, the, the recap. And when we return, we'll chat with Anthony Galaviz of the Fresno Bee. Hey, everyone. It's Evan Grote, host of Just Pod Baby. I think we can all agree 2020 has been a real kick to the balls. That's why I recommend you start pampering your pouch with Manscaped. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released their new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features, though, is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. 
Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you are listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Trust me, your balls will thank you. And we are back here on Just Pod Baby. It's a Victory Monday episode, and now we're going to go out to the phone line. And I'd like to welcome in our guest tonight, Anthony Galaviz, who covers the Raiders for the Fresno Bee. You can follow Anthony on Twitter. That's at Galaviz underscore the B. So make sure you go out there right now and add him to your list of follows. Anthony, thanks for the time. How are you tonight? Good, Evan. How about yourself? Pretty good. I'm pretty good. Uh, thanks for asking. Now, I was reading your... Uh, post-game notes piece that you did for the B today. And then a big part of that was about the return of Henry Ruggs. Talk to us for a moment about the impact of having Ruggs back on the field had on the offense for the Raiders. I mean, he, he, as you saw yesterday, he's a big difference maker. I mean, this something that the Raiders missed for the past two games, his, his speed, you know, his ability to catch the ball. Um, you saw a glimpse of that against Carolina and to miss that for the past two games really hurt the offense. It didn't really much hurt the offense, but it's nice to have that type of threat who could just run down the field and have Derek throw the ball up in the air for him to catch it. And that was something that they really needed yesterday uh, to pull off that upset over the Chiefs. And, you know, as we saw, Ruggs, he, he looks 100% to me. I mean, he's the ability for him to, to – to see the ball and to grab it. I mean, to, to he's. I mean, I asked him in the press conference yesterday. You know, what was he thinking at the time when he saw the ball coming down? And he just like outrun the defender, and that's what he brings to the Raiders, and that's something that they really lack. You know, for the past couple of years, and that's something that Derek needed for him to to keep shining. Because you saw, you know, back in 17, 18, 19, you know, touch and go. But now he has that that reliable threat for him and runs for them to select him in the first round early on, uh, you know, the, the sky's the limit. I mean, the, the Raiders are looking the Raiders are looking good, and, you know, especially with Ruggs there. And then you also add Nelson Aguilar and Darren Waller. I mean, this, I mean, wow. Yeah, it, it had been a while since the Raiders had won a game at Arrowhead, and for Derek Carr, he's, he had never won a game there. That was well documented uh, going into the game. He finally got the monkey off his back uh, on on Sunday, and he played great. There's no doubt about it. Uh, in 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 addition to to having Rugs back, what was it that enabled Carr and the offense to to have so much success against this Chiefs defense? Well, number one, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Booker. I mean. You give them the ball, they're picking up yards. I mean, that long run by Booker, I mean, that's, that was a turning point. You know, there was many turning points yesterday. But for Booker to run down the field the way he did, I mean, that's what every quarterback dream is, you know, to have a running back to pick up yards. And, and Jacobs and Booker, for both of them to be doing that, I mean, that that, that takes a lot of, you know, that takes a lot off of Derek Carr. I mean, and then when you got that, then you get – you, you got the defenders trying to stop the run, and you also, that also frees up Darren Waller, Henry Ruggs, Renfro, uh, Vay Jones. I mean, you name it. And so you, you're seeing it right now, what Derek can do. I mean, I'll be honest with you. You probably see my tweet yesterday. I was shocked. I mean, I, 
And I predicted, I mean, me and others predicted the Chiefs going to win the game. You know, I, I, I thought the Chiefs going to win by nine points. But for the for for what the Raiders did yesterday was very impressive. Um, and, and, and it goes beyond, you know, what the offense did. Look at the defense. They picked up. I mean, it, it was just remarkable how they, they all got together and just shocked the world, you know, as Josh Jacobs did when he actually scored a touchdown. And so, you know, with having Jacobs again, uh, Devontae Booker, Jalen Richard, I mean, that helped. it's a big help for Derek. Anthony Galaviz of the Fresno Bee joins me on Just Pod Baby, and we're discussing the Raiders' 40-32 victory over the Chiefs. Now, one of the things that people are talking about today, and I'm not sure if you saw it, I'm sure you did, is the conversation that occurred between Carr and Gruden on the sideline. CBS camera, the cameraman, caught the conversation. You could read Carr's lips. after It was after the 72-yard uh, bomb to, to uh, Henry Ruggs. Carr said to his coach, do you trust me? Now, without knowing the details of the conversation, to me... It looks like Carr is, is asking Gruden to open up this offense a little bit more. And based on the success that we saw yesterday that the offense had pushing the ball downfield, do you think it's that do you think it's something we're gonna see more of going forward? I definitely think that you're gonna see more of that, especially with Rugs being hundred percent. Um, you know, it, you know, because again, past two games, you know, you didn't see much of that. I mean, although Nelson Aguilar, you know, with his touchdown, uh and Renfro with that long reception yesterday, I really believe you're going to see a lot of that, you know, when they come out, you know, when they come back to the bye week. And, uh, I mean, we would always trust a car. And it's just surrounding him with weapons, something that he hasn't had. I mean, going back to last year, yeah, he had Darren Waller the year before that, Jared Cook. So, you know, you can see what can what Derek can do. And, again, Gruden talking about, you know, we got to surround him with, you know, weapons. You're seeing it right now, and for him to throw 11 touchdowns, one interception, uh, throw over 300 yards yesterday. I mean, throwing down the field. I'm pretty sure you'll see some of that. You know, when they come back against Tampa. Now I know you've covered Carr for quite a while, going back to his days at Fresno State. Uh, he's off to a very good start right now. You know, historically, number wise, this is one of his. Uh, better statistical seasons uh what do you think again you've you've covered him for quite a while do you think he's he's playing some of the best football of his career right now definitely i mean you talked about it right now college football federal state he has plenty of weapons in his last year at federal state even the year before that with Devontae adams uh isaiah burris who played in nfl i mean josh harper i mean with Devontae adams he threw it up in the air you know downfield and Devontae went up there and grabbed it, you know, touchdowns. They set records here at Federal State. And so you're you're seeing that right now. Derek needed somebody like Henry Ruggs, and he alluded to that yesterday, you know, in his press conference, like, you know, college football, you know, I had that. You know, I threw it down the field and went up in the air and caught it. I mean, twice yesterday with Ruggs, when he caught that ball over to the defender, he just jumped up. I mean, that was athletic ability, I mean, showing Ruggs who played – uh, basketball back in the day, I mean, the same thing with Devontae Adams. I mean, at Fresno State, it was just like, if you look, if you go on YouTube, you look up the, uh, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, you're going to see a bunch of highlights. And so what he's doing right now is something he did at Fresno State. 
Now, you talked about the defense as well. Paul Gunther and that group and that defense, they deserve a ton of credit for the way they played, especially in the second half, the adjustments that were made, limiting the Chiefs to only seven second-half points. They still got a lot of work to do before they can be a trusted unit. But what did you see, uh, especially in the second half, that gives you some hope moving forward with this defense? Well, you know, first off, Keelan Farrell, I mean, he played lights out. I mean, pro football focus rated it as high, you know. Uh, that was pretty. That was a pretty good uh, stat line for him. I mean, again, I, I'm going back to what I said earlier. I was in shock. I mean, I, I knew the offense could put up some points because of the Chiefs' defense. You know, yeah, they're respectable, but what concerned me was the Raiders' defense. And you saw the past couple of weeks where, you know, teams just, you know, scored on them and people are just like, you know, wanting Gunther to be gone. And, I mean, for them to do what they did yesterday was pretty remarkable. I mean, you know, Nick, uh, I mean, just the, the new guys that came in. I mean, it, it, was, it was remarkable. It just seemed like they all rallied, you know, for each other. Like, hey, we need to get this done now because if we don't do it, then, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the bye week. And so, you know, I really believe the Raiders defense is going to come along. I mean, this this is a good, good momentum, momentum booster. Um, but you don't want to think ahead of thinking, okay, you know, we got it. Because in the past, something like that happened with big win, then there was a letdown after that. But I, I really feel that this is different. Uh, the defense is going to, I mean, this is a perfect bye week for them to get healthy, especially on defense, uh, to get those guys back. And, I mean, it was just really impressive what they did, uh, put pressure on Mahomes, and, I mean, I just think this could potentially take off his defense. So, so with the win, the Raiders, they've improved to 3-2, to and two, and I think it's fair to say most people probably didn't project them to go 3-2 and two through the first five games of the season. I'd like to kind of get your overall assessment of the first five games of the season as they head into the bye week. I mean, this schedule was tough. I mean, I mean, who was going to start off at Carolina? Who Carolina's? You know, they're playing. They're playing good ball right now. Uh, New Orleans, yeah, they're struggling right now, but you know, they're still a good team. Um, New England, Cam Newton. I mean, that was a tough one. Uh, you know, I, I predict the Raiders to win that game, but obviously I was wrong about that. But you know, these first you know five games, I mean, for them to, you know go to the bye week at 3-2 is very impressive because when you look at the schedule, you come back, you host Tampa, then you go to Cleveland, then after that, you got the Chargers. I mean, Chargers playing well. Then after that, Denver, uh, again, Kansas City. I mean, the back end of the schedule, it looks very promising for the Raiders. And, you know, the first five games, I mean, if you would have asked me how would you project the record to be, you know, going into the bye week, I might have said something like two or three. And I had them losing yesterday, and instead it's flipped to three and two because I predicted them to beat the Panthers and the Saints, um, but also again I was wrong about the uh, about the Patriots. But for them to go into bye week at three and two, I mean, what more can you ask? I mean, fans out there should be really happy with what they're seeing right now, and and with guys getting getting back and with Rudd back in the lineup. I mean, this potentially, you could see a potentially a playoff team here. I mean, once you get past Tampa and, and uh, what I say, the, the other... Um, Cleveland, 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 yeah. Cleveland is playing good ball. I mean, after that, 
hey, you know what? I mean, he could again potentially take off from there. Yeah, I got one more for you, and you, and you talked about you're, you're, you know you're talking about the schedule right now. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. You know, looking ahead, the schedule does get much more favorable, and the Raiders have really set themselves up nicely here to make a run in the second half. If you had to pick one key, in your opinion, what is the one key down the stretch, the end of the season here, that the Raiders uh, for the Raiders and their chances uh, of making the playoffs? The key is the defense. I mean, if, if the defense can do what they did yesterday against Kansas City, I mean, I, I, I can see Apollo wins coming up. Um, you know, when you look at – you can't overlook the Chargers, obviously. You can't overlook the Broncos because they're always going to give you a challenge because it's AFC West rivals. But, you know, the key for the Raiders to have this success, you know what you're going to get from the offense. I, I, I'm just completely, you know – I'm I'm on board. You know, you're gonna get points, but it really is really on the defense. Um, and it could generate stops, turnovers. I mean, you you can see the Raiders in the postseason again for the first time since 2016. So it's really gonna be, you know, all hinge on the defense of, of trading turnovers, having a short field for the offense. Um, you know, and again we're talking about the schedule. You know, the back end of it, you go to Atlanta and you go to Jets, Colts. Chargers, so Dolphins. It, it, I mean, the defense could put a clamp on. I, I think that's a big key right now because, I mean, they're 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 towards the bottom in the rankings as far as the you know pass rush and and pass defense. But that's a major that's a big key for for the Raiders to have success uh, second half of the season. All right, Anthony Galaviz, everybody, from the Fresno Bee. Anthony, thanks so much for your time. Take care and keep up the good work, my friend. All right, thank you. And we're back here with just some quick final thoughts uh, before I let you guys go. Uh, I do want to thank Anthony for hopping on with me this week, giving me some of his thoughts. Uh, look, guys, the Raiders, they sit at 3-2 and two right now, and I'm not going to lie to you, I did not project 3-2 and two at the start of the season. In fact, you know, I was starting to have my doubts. Uh, we talked about with Mo last week, possibly not winning a game again until the month of November. The schedule was pretty brutal to start the season. I'm glad we no longer have to have that conversation. And I'm going to admit, I really underestimated the importance of having Henry Ruggs and Trent Brown. They both were huge difference makers for the offense yesterday. Brown and the offensive line really protected Carr very well. And we know what Carr is capable of doing when he has time to throw the ball. And as far as Ruggs, he was he really demands the attention of defenses. He really tilts the field in his direction. So that really opens up a lot of different options for Carr. Not having him for the New England game and the Buffalo game, you can you can just see a big difference with when the offense is, is without him. Now as far as the defense, they did play better in the second half, but let's not get carried away. There's still major problems with this defense. The Chiefs had two touchdowns that were taken off the board. You can't forget that. They did still allow 32 points, but if you're looking for small victories, the pass rush was much better. Clee Farrell, he's looking, he's looking good right now. That pass rush, that will be a key for them once they return from the bye week. Can they continue to generate a consistent pass rush and pressure, and can they get Malik Collins going? He's going to be a big part of that as well. 
All right, guys, that is going to do it for this week's recap episode. Just a quick programming note for you. Like the team, I too am going to be uh, taking the bye week off, so you will not hear from me again until next Friday, the 23rd, when I return. Uh, I'll be previewing the upcoming Week 7 game against Tampa Bay. Uh, That's pending any huge breaking news, of course. In the meantime, I hope everyone has a great week. And for my co-host, Mo Moten, I am Evan Grote, and as always, just win, baby.